You're tuned into an all-new episode of JK, but seriously, real football injury talk. And you already know we're talking about that Devontae Adams hit. Welcome back to week four of JK, but seriously, real football injury talk with my man Josh Boyd, our fo- football expert. Uh, and today seems like it's not as important to talk about NFL or the injuries and everything like that with what's going on in uh, Las Vegas and it hits home close to me because one of a couple of my buddies were actually at that concert and are okay, but it really puts things in perspective and kind of this is something that I really care about and I appreciate that Josh puts the time in every week to help me out with this particular part of the podcast. But to me, it really goes to show like you're not guaranteed time on this earth, you know, like you never know what the hell could happen. So do something that you love doing and that you're passionate about. And for me right now, it's this podcast. And I thank you, Josh, for helping helping me live out that dream with, with what what we're doing here. From the heart, Kev. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, so we're going to start off with our week four uh, injuries. Uh, starting off with, this is the 2017 season in case people – coming here for uh, <laughs> later you might want to if you're here in 2018 listening to this you might want to hit the next button because uh, this is all gonna be pretty irrelevant but uh, first injury is Dalvin Cook running back of Minnesota with a acel Terry uh, this was a non-contact injury yeah so this is like the year of the rookie running back so Dalvin Cook second round pick from the Vikings for Florida State um, dropped a little bit in the draft he had some off the field stuff in college but um Anyway, so he was—he's been their starting starting running back all year. He's basically had their offense revolve around him. Um, kind of came in right away and replaced Adrian Peterson, which uh, a couple of years ago you thought would be impossible to do. But he's played really, really well the first couple of weeks. And like I said, he's been the the focal point of their offense. And um, I think it was in the third quarter, just broke through the middle, eight yards, went to make a cut on the safety, and just it just gave out. Yeah, he fumbled the ball at the yeah, same time. Fumbled, yeah, fumbled. Like you could tell, like he's double whammy. Yeah, fumbled the ball. Lions got Terry a Terry ACL. I feel like you got an excuse to fumble the ball. Yeah, you do, but still, you hate to see it. And that's like we talked about last week. It's like every week there's one of these guys, whether it's a, a superstar guy, but it's one of the main cogs of one team out there out for the year. To me, you got to think that – the non-contact ACL, there's got to be a prevention way. There's got to be something. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not an expert on the science of it, but I I know the offensive linemen wear, wear all those braces and stuff. And if skill, skill position players don't like to do it, quarterbacks don't even like to do it, even after they've had it done done before. Um, and I know guys like Evan hated wearing his brace and he, when he tore Our his buddy AC- Evan, shout out to Evan. Tore his ACL in college playing lacrosse at Marist. But like every, everyone, everyone hates wearing braces. Um, like I said, I don't have any personal experience. I've never, I had never had any knee injuries. I never had to wear a brace. But other than that, I mean, medically, I don't know what else you, you would think that's what kind of, we talked about before, yeah. like this non-contact stuff, you know, like you're going to pull muscles. That's going to happen. You're not gonna be able to prevent that no matter how well you eat, no matter how well you stretch. Um, it's just going to happen. But this, all the non-contact ACL stuff, I, I, I don't know what you can do. Like, uh, obviously, they're not doing things on wrong on purpose. You know, they're everything's built in with the stretching and strengthening and weight training programs. But it's just part of me thinks it's almost like too much of that stuff. You know, like I, I've had a ton of, you know, health experts, whether they're physical therapists or doctors or whatever, and we talk about these injuries that have like non-contact injuries. And a lot of it is like overuse, and maybe like they're—I yeah. don't want to say too strong, but like no, I know what you mean. You, you're too fast for your own good, and yeah. you can't 
your your yeah. ligaments can't keep up. Yeah, it, your ACLs aren't on a week to week basis ready for the toll that it's going to take. And it's just like like you said, their legs are so strong that the force and the impact of cutting and putting your foot in the ground with that two hundred and thirty five pound forty five pound frame is just gonna. That's what happens. I'm curious, like what ACL injuries were like. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's that's that would be an interesting thing to go back and and, and look through. Um, because you, I mean, they've done studies for the past couple of years to see how they're increasing year to year, but like twenty years ago, um, to say right. Like if if you put so if we if we made a if we made an NFL league, this is going to sound stupid, but if we made an NFL league, so you get say we got thirty guys on a team for thirty teams, it's what nine hundred guys. So we got nine hundred men our age. 20, 20, 27 to go out and play, say, 10 games a year. We put pads on. How many ACL tears do you think we have? A lot. You think we do? Yeah. Why Why? Why do you think that? Well, us? You mean like us as friends? Like us as a friends group or like elite level athletes no, who no, are no. 27 years old? Yeah, like fit, fit not, not football fit, not professional athlete fit, but just regular people. See, to me, regular person is like someone who sits at a desk for eight hours a day, and to me, that's not a good way to protect your ACLs. No, yeah, but uh, I'm not saying like someone who doesn't, but someone who works out, someone who runs, but isn't an elite athlete. You know, we're not conditioned to play. So say, say, take football, but say uh, basketball. I guess basketball. Either way, you're cu- anything where you're cutting, you're gonna. But I'm saying, are we more at risk than an elite level athlete? It's kind of like what, what you say, because well, I'm uh, I'm not as strong as Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I would like to be, but you know. So so if I so if I go out there and I, of course I'm not playing NFL guys, so I'm playing. I'm just playing me. I'm I'm gonna put myself. I'm gonna clone myself 900 times. I'm gonna make a full league of me. How many of me tear my ACL playing football? <laughs> Interesting concept there, Josh. That got way off way <laughs> off the outline. Way off the outline. But I'll I'll link up some of the ACL. Uh, interviews and stuff that I've done uh, in in the show notes if if everyone's interested in that. Uh, We got next up is Chris Carson running back for Seattle with an ankle injury, and this one looked pretty bad. I'm not going to lie with the video, which will be on the show notes as well. Yeah, so he actually – he. He broke his leg, so they said he had a high ankle sprain too. So, but he had it was the broken leg is which was going to keep him out for a longer period of time. But this is another one. So is another rookie running back who's at Oklahoma State, seventh round pick, one of the last picks in the draft. Uh, Seahawks picked him thirty first in the seventh round. So he's one of the last guys in the draft, and he ended up he was their starting running back this week. So it took him four weeks, and he's and he supplanted all. He beat out Eddie Lacy and Travis Rawls, um, and those and those guys to be their starting running back. And it seemed like just from like Russ, what Russell Wilson said after the game, everybody loved him. They said he was like one of the hardest working dudes on the team. Came from nothing, wasn't even expected to make the team, and now he's just their starting running back. Right. So there's another. It's like the year of the rookie running back with Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson and, and Kareem Hunt and all these guys who were really become and break out starting running backs in the NFL as rookies. And there's another one that he's going to be out. I don't think they put him on IR today, but I think he's going he's gonna to be out for a, a long time, if not the rest of the year. The mechanism of that injury was interesting to me because yeah. he basically had a defender kind of like almost try a wrap and roll type technique to bring him down. Yeah. Uh, but the defender's weight kind of landed on the leg that ultimately broke, and then two other defenders kind of pushed yeah. him in the opposite direction, and his body was, like, all bent and something had to give, and yeah. apparently it was his yeah. leg. So this is was one that I'm surprised you don't see more, and I'm surprised every running back doesn't get this at least once in their career. Like, I guess the best – not the best running backs, but I think of – I mean, I watch Le'Veon Bell all the time, but he doesn't – he never gets – 
tackled in like that compromising way and I don't it's just something about him and you know um like I don't know if there's guys I can think of off the top of my head but there's there's a lot of running backs who like like Frank Gore they're talking about Frank Gore in the game last night he played his he started his 96th game in a row as a running back in the NFL like that's nuts yeah but there's something about him as a running back that he doesn't his approach to the game it's not just luck you know it's not just lucky that he's never gotten tackled like that you know where he just like uh, the Carson injury if you look at the video he just came into the line and and like you said the guy tried to wrap him up and but his feet kind his feet were got planted in the ground because they were not tangled up but they were in with the defensive lineman's feet and he just he just lands on his leg and cracks it in half yeah so he, i mean his feet are planted in the ground his body has nowhere else to go and like you said then two more guys fall on top of him but it's it's amazing to me that guys go through 12-year careers in the nfl running back without that that major injury like yeah. that you think that, that i feel like that could happen once a game yeah, I, I mean, I think about that all the time, and that, that's a question that I often ask a lot of the NFL guys I talk to is, like, if you didn't sustain a serious injury, what was your approach to the game to staying healthy? Yeah. Like, did you – Especially at a position where you're, have, where you're like, running back, you're going to carry – Running back, linebacker, you're gonna, yeah. You're going to be getting tackled 25 times a game. Wide receiver, you're going to be getting tackled 10 times a game. Right. You know, quarterback, same thing. The, the only – the last thing I wanted to talk about with this one is – you know, I feel like the play was over, and then like those two defenders that kind of pushed him backwards again and put him in the wrong direction, like finished him off. I'm like, yeah. if there's like quicker whistles, I'm like, maybe that doesn't happen. Like maybe that extra foot that they pushed him like doesn't get pushed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that specific one, I think it was the first guy that did the majority of the damage. But I understand what you're saying. And since since we've been started doing this podcast, and since I've been I like more aware of the what we've talked about, the stuff that you. Not that anyone's trying to coach out of football, but that we think could get coached out of football. The like yeah, that's after the point of the conversation, yeah, like the the after the whistle stuff. Like I see, I, I see that I'm a lot more cognizant of it, and I'm a lot more aware of it just as a normal football fan. But I mean, it, it happens in every single game, almost every single play, you know. And it's not that it's late after the whistle that it deserves a penalty, but it's like it's like we've talked about. It's finishing. Everyone's finishing the play. Finish the play. Finish the play. And this kind of goes to one of the Instagram comments on the Devonte Adams hit. Is yeah. like these guys are coached to play through the whistle their whole entire life, <laughs> so. You know, and their livelihoods. I mean, this is their livelihood. So they they look, and a lot of these guys aren't making. I mean, they're making good money, but they're not, not all of them. But yeah. they're, but but they're not set. So I mean, they're they're fighting for milk. Yeah. So they don't want to. They're not going to be the ones who are going to say, "Yeah, ah, he was down." I'm going to tell my coach in the film room, "Ah, he, I, I knew he was down right. already." So. Well, listeners, take a look at the show notes and let me know what you think. If if uh, a quicker whistle should have been blown. Uh, next up, we got Julio Jones, wide receiver, Atlanta. Uh, with a hip injury. Yeah, so these uh, next three are bigger, probably the biggest names of the guys who got hurt, but they shouldn't be as serious. Um, yeah, Julio Jones had a hip hip pointer, hip flexor inju- injury, and just like muscle. Um, but they have a bye this week, so they're saying he should be back in, in two weeks for their next game, which is good for the uh, Julio Jones fantasy ri- uh, owners and Matt Ryan. Because I think that was one of the main reasons why I lost that game to the Bills yesterday. He, he went out in the first half, and uh, Muhammad Sanu went out in the first half with a hamstring injury. So I'm Matt Ryan. Sanu! Yeah, Rutgers fame. Yeah, Rutgers guy. So Ryan, Matt Ryan was left with his running backs basically. So and that's it's their offense sputtered there in the second half and they lost to the Bills, which was kind of a big a big surprise. But he should be he should be back to play their next game, which I said would be week six after their bye this week. All right. Then we got Derek Carr, quarterback for Oakland with a back injury and this was actually recently updated as like an hour ago. 
Uh, it's a transverse process fracture, which is pretty rare, and it's usually due to sudden extreme twisting or side bending movements. Which, if you watch the video, it's exactly, that's what, exactly what happened. Yeah. So, uh, and I saw on NFL.com's like uh, Instagram page that it was going to be he's going to be out for like two to four weeks. Yeah, that's what they're saying. So, says him and Mariota got hurt yesterday. So. Carr and Mariota both got hurt last week in the same week, week 16. Um, they both actually broke their legs. Um, Mariota hurt his hamstring. We'll talk about that next. But So if you look at the video, that's exactly what happened to Carr. He was like he – got, he got a lot of pressure on him, escaped it, tried to come back up the middle, and then just kind of got – Twisted twist, weird. Twisted to the side and brought down. The guy in the commentary of the video was saying something about, like, getting kneed in the back. I'm like, I don't even look like – didn't even look like he got kneed in the back. Yeah, first, if you, if you look at it quick, it does. It looks like he got hit. And that's kind of what they said after the game was I bru- like bruised kidney or, like, bruised rib or something. Because it kind of – if you watch it fast, it kind of looks yeah. like that guy who came across kneed him in the rib. But um, they said that uh, this is the injury that Tony Romo had in 2014 and Cam Newton had in 2014. And they both only missed one game. So it's a two to four week injury, but um, maybe not so rare yeah. for quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's rare for me. I don't think I could ever get it. I hope not. Well, but, basically, what the injury is is like one of the little like pointy things on your vertebrae. I don't know what they're called. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. The pointy things. The pointy things that stick out. That's like what kind of broke. So. Well, I'll put a link so you actually know like what it really is. Well, he's going to have to wear one of those big rib protecting quarterback jackets. It's another restricting thing. But he had a backplate on. Yeah, but they could wear the, like those big. Like, I know, those. but I'm saying like the backplate covers Shh. the part that he broke technically. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't think and like the mechanism of injury, like they said, like it's just a a twist. Qu- yeah, yeah, it's a twist. So it's anything not, that's going to. It's yeah. not a contact thing. Uh, Next, we got, like we said, Marcus Mariota with a hamstring injury. Yeah, so he actually hurt his hamstring on the touchdown he scored, and they were they were losing. Uh, worth it? Yeah. Well, they were they were down by – it was the, their last drive of the first half, and they were down by almost 21 points even at halftime. So it was a playoff game. I think they might have brought him back in, but since they were already losing and they were down, it just said – Not worth it. Yeah. So feed uh, Matt Castle to the Wolves. Uh, to to the Titans or to the Texans. So and they said he's truly day to day. So Titan fans and Titans have been one of the weird teams this year. They got blown out by the Raiders at home the first week of the season. Everyone had really high hopes for them. And then the next two games they blow out the Jaguars and they beat the they beat the Seahawks. Um, so and then they come out and get blown out by the Texans. So they're not playing a lot of close games. Um, even though they're two and two, they have two big wins and two big losses. So um, and they were one of those teams that they kind of like the hot trendy pick to come out. Um, to be the team in the AFC to kind of surprise people this year, but without Mariota, they don't, I don't think they have a shot. So, but right. hopefully he'll be able to play this week. Uh, then we got David uh, Amerson, cornerback of Oakland, with a concussion, second of the season, third in 14 months. So that's pretty, it's pretty serious for for David. Yeah. So they said he got one in the preseason this year, one in the preseason last year, um, and then the one yesterday. Um, he he said he left the game for concussion protocol. I don't know if he. It, I couldn't find if he's actually been diagnosed with a concussion. And this is another one of those things. So he didn't come back in the game, but like he technically hasn't gotten diagnosed with a concussion yet. But I mean, you have to imagine. Um, so did you see this? Did you see this play? Uh, no, I just like heard about it. You heard about it during the game? Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it either. But it, it, another one. It's just it's just scary to think about. So and it's, it'll be interesting to follow up on. To That's see like a he, career decider there. Like there's guys who I feel like have quit for less than that. You know? Yeah. I mean, three and three and fourteen months is is no bueno. Yeah. But I mean, it's but like we said, it's 
how how serious were the first two you know i guess there there's different levels of severity but i mean 3 and 14 months is 3 and 14 months but yeah there's arguments around how severity whether like it, it even either way it's a brain injury so yeah. you know what's worse and what's not worse but, but that'll be a good one to stay um up to date on and see what his status is going forward next week next i mean you'd weeks. hope that he'd be out for at least a couple weeks yeah whether take. he's uh feeling good or not but yeah we shall see next up are my packers guys uh we got ty montgomery running back for green bay broken ribs yeah so he just got helmet to the ribs and it was like the first drive of the game uh against the bears the thursday night game and he didn't come back in um, they played mostly another rookie running back, like we've talked about. Fifth round pick, this guy from UTEP, Aaron Jones, uh, scored. A, he scored a touchdown against the Bears. But it's another one of those Thursday night games. A lot of dudes get. I don't know if it's just. I think it's one of those things. It's just like a self fulfilling pro- prophecy, you know. Like there's a lot of injuries in every NFL game, but a lot of people make a big deal out of there being injuries in Thursday night games. So I think they've done studies, and it's there isn't like a considerable amount more. But I think it's like it's the only game on, and right. you just they it gets made a big deal out of it. Even on broadcast, you know, on on a Sunday, the announcers don't say, "Oh, first Sunday in October, this yeah. is the guy, this is the week that people get hurt." But the Thursday night games, every time someone gets hurt, they're like a Thursday night game. Yeah, people get hurt. I mean, I don't think that a rib injury, like a contact rib injury. Well, no, could yeah. be prevented from like yeah. a lack of recovery. Yeah. It's more so like maybe those ACL non-contact yes. ACLs or yeah. some you know some other yeah. injury like that. But uh, but along those uh, yeah, the injury itself. But I think the argument is are they are, are they a step slower? Are they mentally not as ready to play? Like those those yeah. I mean things. for, for just brain like recovery, your, yeah, yeah. It affects your does it affect your movements to the point where you're not pro perception? Yeah, that type of thing. Yep, I could see that. And then we got. We're going to save this one for a very a much longer discussion. The Devontae Adams uh, head-neck injury, it was pretty brutal to watch. Uh, check out the show notes to, to see that one. But we're going to go over some other stuff before we finish uh, the episode with that one. So now we're going to move on to uh, week three fines. Uh, Jimmy Ward, safety for San Francisco, $24,000 uh, fine for a helmet-to-helmet hit. That was the one we talked about last week. Okay. Uh, that was the one that was linked in yep. uh, the 49er against the Rams. That so was Thursday night? That was Thursday yeah, night. Thursday night. Yeah. But that was – so he got – he got fan uh, – these the, the helmet-to-helmet hit just like the first um, – I don't know. What do you call it? First level? Yeah. First time first time offense. First okay. level. Um, your helmet-to-helmet hit is, I guess – that's at twenty four thousand something. It's a percentage of something. That's a significant amount of money. No, it is. It is a lot. It's the highest like week to week fine they give out. Like the excess, excessive celebration fines are like ten eleven thousand dollars. Even that's Ru- ridiculous. Roughing the passer is like ten eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. The helmet to helmet defensive receiver hits are twenty four. All right. But so that was one of the things I we talked about to see if that one got fined. It got flagged because sometimes they're flagged and not fined. Sometimes they're not flagged but they are fined. So this one was flagged and fined. Okay. Uh, so go back to week the show notes for week three uh, to see that hit. Uh, then we got Richard Sherman, uh, no fine for the hit on Marcus Mariota, which yeah. I'm surprised about. He didn't. He got fined for something else in the game. He bumped the ref, and he, I guess he got called for holding on the play, defensive holding, and got a personal foul for bumping into the ref. He got fined for that, but he didn't get fined for the late hit. On Why Mariota? I don't. To me, that it's that blows not. my mind because he like clearly launched himself and made like helmet to helmet contact. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised too, but there was no fine unless they just they're combined, like, yeah, we find them here. Into one. Yeah, but uh, I right. did I did check for that. I feel like the NFL missed the missed the eight ball on that one. Uh, is it missed the eight ball or dropped the eight ball? I don't know. I've never. I'm heard not that good before. with my uh, 
my slogans here. Okay, then we got uh, Andrew Sendejo. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah, but it is. That's it. Ah, Sendejo. Yeah, one right. My, my Spanish classes <laughs> helped me with that one in high school. Uh, shout out to Miss Seibert. <laughs> uh, all right, safety from Minnesota, $24,000 helmet-to-helmet hit. Uh, this one was on a touchdown. Yes. It, the kid, the guy still scored a touchdown. The guy caught the ball, was out. Yeah, he was, like, messed up. And they didn't call – and there was no penalty on the play. What? Yes. Because he scored a touchdown? I don't know, but there was no, there was no penalty on it. This is, like, the blatant one that they're, uh, that they're all ta- – like, this is the perfect example of a hit that they're talking about. Yeah, his, I was his sh- buddies are trying to get him I off the ground. I was shocked. And, and he was, like, uh – Shocked that this wasn't fine. And he played this week. I don't – I couldn't find if he went out last week. But I don't think he did. Well, he was clearly concussed. Yes. Which knocked he- out. At least, I mean. Yeah, he was. Do you get a concussion every time you get knocked out? You would know a lot better than me. No, I never got. I never got knocked out once from a concussion. Yeah, I. But like, but when you do get knocked out, do does that on? Oh, definitely. You think so? Yeah, for sure. That's like a no-brainer. Because he was out. Yeah, then he should have went through their concussion protocol. That's like one of the first things that they do. Yes, you would think so. But like you said, check it out. There's no there's no flag of the play, but it's like you're blatant. He just ran a little it was like a fifteen yard touchdown. He just ran a little seam route behind the linebacker. Safety came over. He like caught it going to the ground. So he's he was low. And it But the yeah, thing is he you, launched. Yeah, but that's when you see it the most. And this is what I've noticed uh, like inside the red zone. Inside the ten, inside the five, inside the end zone. Because I don't think it has anything to do with the penalties, but what's the only way they don't score a touchdown? They don't catch the ball. So a lot of these yeah. safeties, it's a it's a lot shorter, it's a lot tighter area, and I, you don't have time. It seems like they launch a lot more because you're because you're not just trying to tackle them to stop them from getting extra yards. You're really trying to stop them right. from making the catch. It's like a matter of inches versus like yeah, yeah. You can't afford to give up three yards. Yeah, where if that if that plays at the fifty yard line, he doesn't launch himself. He's already going to the ground, and he probably just touches him down. Yeah. But if it's a touchdown play, you're trying to separate him from the ball so they don't score points. That's an interesting point, though. In the red zone, because you're right. You know, like I, when I think back to when I played football, it's those like acts of desperation where like you're trying to prevent someone from getting the first down yeah. or from getting the exactly. touchdown. Like you, you have to throw yourself. Yeah. To, yeah, which is exactly what he did. Launch yeah. helmet, shoulder, and it was right to the head. And granted, like I said, he caught it falling down. So his there was there is no target area now because he was a foot off the ground. His whole right, his his head and neck were a foot foot off the ground. But that's the one where you like you can't just let him go. But it was what we've talked about, and we'll talk about it more with the Devontae Adams one. Is it's, it looks really bad on film if he doesn't do anything, right? Then and it, and in that specific situation, it's hard for him to make any contact without any legal contact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, if that ball's at the fifty, he probably doesn't need to make any contact, and he's just going to touch him down. He's already on the ground. Right. But if it's a touchdown play, good point, Joshua. All right, this is the best one. Week four hits uh, with Vontez Perfect. Kevin's going to get fired up about this one. What a freaking slappy. I know. Rough in the passer first game back from preseason suspension with all that all, all that talk. Of, I'm like, come on, dude. He's got over a million dollars in fines. And this is the, the crazy part to me is, I mean, I get it. The Bengals are a rival team for my team, the Steelers. But uh, So I've never liked the guy to begin with because he's always done. He's always stirring the pot. He's always doing something as an opposing team's fan you're kind of like. That's borderline if not blatantly over the line but I get just one thing after another but the amazing thing is he gets defended by his coach he gets defended by his teammates it's like it's crazy to me 
as a team, do you know if like Cincinnati is has like a high prevalence of those kind of hits, or is like it's just him? They have a reputation for having those type of players, not necessarily. I mean, to me, that's a cultural thing. I mean, if the coach is backing them on this stuff, like, well, that's. I mean, you hear it all the time. It's one of. I think I said I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. We're amateurs, but from the outside, and a lot of things you hear, it's one of those where the inmates run the asylum, and it's no, it's not, it's not taught or preached. You know, it's not. I don't think they're teaching dirty stuff, but um, I don't think they're. I don't know, demanding anything, you know, they're not, obviously they're not telling him to stop. This guy, go go through the fine history of Vontez Burfitt. Like you can find 20 plays since he's been in the NFL that are fined or penalized or suspended, you yeah. know, and obviously they're not doing anything to change the way he plays. And granted, he's a great, he's a great player. He makes a ton of plays. But like go, so he had a roughing the passer penalty on, on, on Deshaun Kaiser and it was a, uh, it was like a spearing. Like he's, he crowned his helmet into his chest and he drove him into the ground. Right. But his teammates come out on Twitter and say, how else is the guy supposed to tackle? Everyone's targeting Vontae's well, here, perfect. I'll tell you how to freaking do it. Tackle with your goddamn head up, dude. Because the reason why you spear people is because you're looking at the ground when you're trying to make tackles. If you see what you hit, you would see that the quarterback had already thrown the ball and therefore you would either hold up and not drive him into the ground. You know, you, could, you might have still made contact because he was moving pretty quick, but... I mean, come on, like, yeah, no, I I agree, but I think that he's the type of player that one, he's not going to change. Like I said, he's got go look it up. He's got a history of doing this stuff. Two, like we kind of talked about last. Do week. Do you not like money? <laughs> he just signed. Um, they 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 just signed a new extension in the offseason. He's got tons of money, but it's one of those things we talked about last week. I'll be curious to see what he does in his post career life, and if he wishes that he had that million dollars back again. Um, but we talked about it last week. I'll with, take it with the Mariota hit. And where we said uh, you, uh, hits on quarterbacks can have effects later. That that's how he plays. He play. He's your old school intimidator. Right. His his late hit on the quarterback, although it's going to be 15 yards, is going to have a bigger impact positively on their team later in the game because right. it's going to be in the back of his head and it's going to lead this. Well, thing. you know who else also had that mentality? Your boy, <laughs> right here. You know how well that ended up for me. You're, not you're, not you're great today. I wouldn't change you. Not too not too good. So that's also something to look for for his life after football is his quality of life after football with what he's obviously willingly put his body through uh, when he he didn't have to in, in some instances. But if you told me, if you put the Vegas line at over under one and a half games before Vontez Burfitt's first finable penalty after suspension, I probably would have taken the over just because – I mean, you would think, like, yeah, come on, three game suspension, and I would have lost. But I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. That that's how he plays. He's not going to change, right? No matter how much you find him, I'm interested to see if he gets fined for this one. And we'll I hope up, he does. We'll update it and see it. He has. He has to. I'm gonna talk to the NFL to. and see if you know I can get all of his fines like funnel to the heads and tails podcast. Fund it. Fund it. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, now this is the show you've all been waiting for. A long discussion on uh, the Devontae Adams hit. Uh, Trevathan? Trevathan. Uh, Trevathan, okay. It's like uh, Lord of the... Leviathan? Yeah, I feel like this is like a game of... I don't know my TV shows. I, I should just not try to reference things. It's, you're referencing some TV shows, some over the s- some span of time that's been on TV. Yeah, I'm just going to forget like I even said that. Okay, so uh, obviously go if you haven't seen the hit... 
you probably living under a rock if you're listening to the show. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it, go over to the show notes and check it out. Um, so Trevathian, Trevathan, Trevathan, uh, <laughs> was suspended two games for this hit, um, uh, and fines. So, so that equals checks. a fine. Yeah, yeah. It's basically it's two game checks. He, so he gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's, that's yeah. a lot of freaking money. Yeah. So, Josh, can you take us through that exact play for the listeners who haven't watched it? Yeah. So this play is basically this type of play is basically the reason why we started the podcast, right? Like this to have a long form discussion on these type of types of plays in football, you know. And this is the biggest. Um, uh, publicly seen one so far to date in the, in the NFL this year. So it was late, late in third quarter, third and goal from the 16 yard line. Packers got a penalty. They're up 14 um, against the bears on Thursday night. And they run like a little wide receiver screen. Um, kind of one of those plays that uh, you don't want to turn the ball over in that situation. So you're not going to have Rogers sit back in the pocket and try to throw one in the end zone on third and goal, but you're just going to get it out of his hands, get it in the hands of one of your playmakers and hope something breaks. And if not, you're just going to go kick, kick the field goal. So he runs like a little wide receiver slant, gets over the middle, kind of gets spun around by the guy, um, by the corner tackling him. And Trevathan comes from like the side, like loops around and hits him helmet to helmet right underneath his chin. His mouth guard flies out. Something else breaks off his helmet. Yeah, and so there's a million different. Where do you where do you, where, where where do you want to start with this? Okay, so I guess I'll start with the fact that he was basically he wasn't going down necessarily, but he was being held up, and I think it's an interesting concept to say that he was might be considered a defenseless player or yes. defenseless ball so, carrier. So this is the first thing. So the the this isn't a defenseless receiver penalty because he he'd had the ball for a long enough time that he was a runner at this point. Yeah. So he wasn't. It Made wasn't a football move. Yeah. It wasn't one of these ones that we've been talking about and some of the videos that we've referenced where it's a helmet to helmet hit on the defenseless receiver where he was in the act of making the catch. I mean, he made the catch right at the line of scrimmage and had already gained six yards and was running back towards the middle of the field. So it wasn't that type of hit. Um, it was just a helmet to helmet unnecessary roughness hit, but. Um, like you're saying, it's to me, it's not, it's not like we've talked about as he was clearly down. It was a late, I don't think it was late and I don't think he was clearly going down. Yeah. He was, he was in the grasp of a guy, but it wasn't, it wasn't one of those ones that I think Trevathan could have like laid up on and not made any contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't one, like, like we've talked about, um, with some other guys where, okay, you just touch him down and he's already going to the ground. He was pretty much like standing straight up. Yes, and he was – And obviously when you break it down in, in slow motion, it's a lot different than, than playing it live and playing it on, on the field. Um, it wasn't – to me, it wasn't clear that he was going to go down by that guy who had it. I, it, I mean, it looked like there was a shot that he could have got away from that guy. So, the uh, like the mechanism that you always say of the Trevathan hit, it wasn't the hit that – I think bothered me any like I think he had to try to make a tackle I think he had to try to help help to make the tackle right make, the initiation make, of yeah, contact make sure he was down but I mean it was it was like the worst case scenario of launch he ended up he ended up going down right Adams 
and it was it, right under – and he had – and Adams didn't see him. It was one of those, like – Well, I think he saw him. Like, you could see close-ups of his face. Like, you could see the – Devontae Adams' face like a freaking deer in headlights because he knows yeah, what's coming at him. Yeah. yeah, but he couldn't go anywhere because he was being held up. Yeah. It was like freaking teeing off on a freaking yes. par five, wide yeah. open fairway. Yeah, he had he, he, he couldn't defend himself right. in any way. So now now that I heard like kind of your explanation of it, I don't even think he launched himself, to be honest. Like he never left his feet. Yeah. His feet were in the ground when he was hitting Devontae Adams. So it's not like your typical – reckless abandoned hit necessarily but what i will say is that just like vontez perfect it's a freaking blind hit he's not looking at what he's hitting he's looking yeah. at the ground and that's the biggest um correlation or whatever you want to call it it's the biggest connection of all of these hits that we talk about i mean what's the biggest similarity in everything that we, in all the videos that, that, that we've seen this year it's it's though it's eyes in the ground crown on the helmet Take the face mask off, and I don't think that people tackle like that. I, this is one of the, this is one of the things I was thinking today when we were talking about a couple um, other issues. If you like, imagine if you take the helmets off altogether. I know I know you can't do that, but I don't. I, I mean, I did like a whole capstone project on this kind of topic in college, and. If you look at the history of like how football evolved and how the equipment evolved, it evolved for a reason because like guys were dying from like skull fractures yeah. in like the early days of football. Yeah, I think it's maybe gotten too far away from that because now these guys like they know nothing's going to happen to their face yeah. if they just freaking go in there. Yeah, I I do agree that it's if something changed with. The hel- there needs to be some sort of protection on your head. Oh, for if sure, something yeah. something changed with the helmet itself, I think, especially at the younger level, people would tackle differently. Yeah. But, like I said, so this is getting – I don't think it will ever – I don't think anyone will ever get people to, like, take the face mask off because of, like I – mean, you're, you're going to get injuries to the face if you play football if you don't have a face mask yeah. on, whether you change how you play or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking like liability reasons no, or stuff I, like I, that. I got you. But at, at at the end of the day, that could be one of the things that, if not ends football, seriously hurts football in the future. In 10, 20, 30 years from now. I mean, think about it. People are just trying to make better and better helmets, quote unquote. Yeah. So, like, you don't think that's just going to make it worse and worse? Yeah. And, like, how people guys, tackle. Yeah, yeah, and how people so tackle. So, going, going back to the hit itself, um, I guess we can talk about some of the comments. And if you look at the play – if he, if Adams didn't stay on the ground and wasn't clearly knocked out, I honestly don't think there would have been a flag on the play. Yeah, it was like a few seconds. That was the once f- they realized that was the first thing I thought. None of the none of the side the side judges and the back judge didn't throw a flag. The guy who threw the flag was the referee who was in the backfield who watches the quarterback the and whole like, time Ooh. and ran once he once he saw everybody like Jordy Nelson was waving the trainers out on the field as soon as as soon as the hit happened. So the referee came running in. And when he came running in, and like by the time he got over top top of him, three seconds later, he just kind of pulled his flag out and dropped it on the like, ground. Yeah, this should probably be here. <laughs> and it's like that's uh, it's another thing. Marking like, the crime scene. It's a it's a helmet to helmet hit. Like you, you can't hit that way. Like whether it's in whether it was intentional, whether whether whatever. It's maybe it's bad luck, but it was a helmet to helmet hit. It, that's gonna, it's going to get flagged. So, but I, I I thought it was very interesting that I didn't think if he just if he just hopped back up 
if it just glanced a little bit more and Devontae Adams just get back up, there wouldn't have been a flag on that. Yeah. I think it's like a unique scenario, and maybe that's why they didn't throw it because it's not like, like – you said, it's not the defenseless receiver. Play. Yeah, but maybe this type of situation should be put into the rule book kind of uh, in that like – or just freaking blow the freaking whistle. Like he wasn't – he there was no yeah. opportunity for him to make forward progress anymore. I, I thought uh, – I would say – there is a five percent chance. One in twenty times he gets out of the tackle. Is that? I mean, is that not good enough? You could you you can say that's not good. Ask Devonte Adams if he would have liked the whistle. I'm guaranteeing you he would probably say, yeah, if you blew the whistle like a second earlier, that might have saved my freaking face. Well, Trevathan was coming so fast that even if you blew the whistle, I don't think it was. I don't think he was that specific play. I don't think that was stopping him from doing the exact same thing he did. It is pretty crazy though. To how they barely, they almost didn't even throw a flag, and now he's getting fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Suspended two games, and it was quick. It came out on Friday morning, but it's a, it's a, it, to me, it's a high it's, profile. It's a public perception thing. Every it was a Thursday night national TV game. Everybody saw it. Romo was all over it. Called him out as soon as it, they replayed it a million times. The announcers killed him. Um, so it was Wait, those, killed who? Trevathan for hitting him. Oh, okay. So and it was one of those things where like the NFL has to come out. Right, and say something. Friday morning yeah. and say, oh, two games. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Uh, possible defenses for Trevathan. Um, like we said, it, it's easy to say you could do this, you could do that in slow motion. Uh, I watch it in fast motion, and I'm still in kind of the, the camp that if, like, the guy's held up. The play is freaking over. Like, you don't need to – have a kill shot to get this guy even to the ground. Yeah. So to me, this is where the biggest discussion is. And so we had some comments on the, the Instagram Instagram that you posted the morning after and blew up. Yeah. It had a lot of comments on it. And the biggest, the biggest thing that I take away from it is it's, I don't know how to frame this being that I never played football. But I don't want to say it's an excuse, but the defense of everyone who played who played football is that it's so fast that that stuff happens and it's just football. And not that that's inaccurate. I completely agree with that statement. But how do we get to the point where that doesn't justify something like this? You, you, to me, you that's know, a cop-out. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. Yes, football is fast. They're the fast. They're the strong. These are some of the strongest, well-conditioned, best athletes in the world. They're running around with hel- helmets on. Like, these hits happen. Like, I get that. I understand that defense. But at what point is that not, is that not an acceptable defense? You know? You, I feel like there has to, there has to be a point where you can't, that can't be an excuse for everything. You know, like, I get that. I understand it completely. I agree with you, but there needs to be a point where we need to find a way where this argument doesn't happen because hits like this, this, this don't happen. My thing is that I think it comes down to being out of control in terms of not being in control of your own movements, like going so fast that you can't control like your yeah. target. Well, Trevathan area. was full speed. You watch it in full speed. There was a in uh, in the in the link with the, that we have. It's two minutes, so it's got a bunch of replays on it. There's one view of it from the top, like from the coach's vi- uh, film, like the all twenty two film. It's kind of from the sideline that you can see it, 
And Trevathan was covering somebody else going towards the sideline away from Adams. So he was tracking somebody else. And when Adams caught the ball opposite of him, he looped back around and came straight. And he's he's at top speed. I mean, he had a 15, 10-yard head, head start going full speed. On a guy who can't move. Yeah. So, like, 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 like we said, like, to me, that's not your play where he was clearly, clearly down. There was a, he was he was wiggling a little bit at the beginning when the guy tried to bring him down at first. There was a kind of swing in him, and there was a, to me there's a shot that he gets out of that, but there needs to there there's got to be a point where it just he yeah. needs to do something differently somehow. You, Whether it's who's who, who has to do something Trevathan. differently, okay. Whether it's but is it something that needs to be coached like? I mean, if I got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I might change how I played after that. I don't think these guys do, though. That's the thing. I really don't. And and a lot of these times, because they, get, they use they they say it's football. What am I supposed to do? They never take ownership of it. And that's kind of what Trevathan came out and said after the game. Like I didn't intend, didn't have no no intent to injure. I didn't I'm sure it. he didn't. Yeah. And and my friend Dan Shenuda made a comment. Who's a Bears fan? He said that you know if there's no intent to injure, then why should you get fined? I said that's not what it's about. Yeah, you know it's about it, trying to take that hit out of the game. Right, like that. You got to make the game safer in some way. That's like saying like uh, the drunk driver who killed someone. Uh, you know, I forget where I was going with that, but like to me, it's the same kind of thing. Like if you don't punish them for the crime yeah. that they committed, then yeah, like he didn't intend. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what I was going to no, say. The drunk driver didn't intend intended. to kill the person when they the had their drinks and got in the car, but, but they still did it. Yeah. So, to me, another uh, – so, the point of this is, so he gets suspended for two games. He gets fined two game checks. Is that enough to change anything, you know? I don't think it affects anybody else. Maybe it has an effect on Trevathan, how he plays. Does it have any effect on anybody else in in, in the league who sees? I don't think anybody else is looking at this hit and say, oh, man. I got to be careful. Yeah, now. I got to be careful. I'm going to get suspended if I do something like that. I think a lot of them are, this is football. This this happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen to me. But, you know, it's kind of like what we said with Conti last week, the Bucks guy who got uh, fined, just fined for helmet-to-helmet defenseless receiver hit, and he's, his quote was, if you play safety in the in the NFL, you're going to get fined. Yeah. T- to me, that's just like... But how do you change it? That's... What, what do we call that? Warm water guys? Warm water guys. Yeah, warm water guys. Like, there's guys that won't take ownership of, like, their mistakes, and it's never their fault. And to me, like, until ownership is taken and... I just think nothing will ever change. There needs to be a way to change the narrative of it's, it's football. You know, these are the fastest guys in the world. It's football play. Bad things happen. You know, it happens in football. How, how do you get to the point where that's that's not the narrative anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Like whatever happened to like break down and then make a tackle? Like it, it's it's come from like a fundamental tackling and then this evolution with along with the equipment, it's made it come down to like, you know, a, you become a, a weapon, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you don't break down and make like a tactical, you know, move. You're just freaking going a thousand miles an hour and like hope yeah. something. But the other problem with that is if you're not going a thousand miles an hour, but everyone else on the field is, to me, I feel like there's a way to go a thousand miles an hour and still be successful. Like, 
in con- more more in and control. More, and that's what I meant. Yeah, and be more in control. Like uh, you could you could sprint at a guy who's not moving because two of your teammates have him held up, and you don't have to like launch your. He didn't launch himself, but you don't have to like go full speed into him. Like I don't know. To me, it was un- just unnecessary. No, I I agree. I'm I agree with you. You could have grabbed him by the shoulders and ripped him down. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's 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 a it's a difficult. That's like that play is the perfect storm. You know, it's the perfect storm for a bad situation. You know, I I think when you said like change the narrative, I think you're right because I think so many of them resonate with the narrative that they can't change anything. That you know. That's why it continues. But when I talk about toughness all the time on the podcast, is a lot of it's doing like what other people like won't do, mm-hmm. or like having the courage to. It's stand not physically up for tough. What? Yeah, exactly. For like, it's emotional. It's you know, and I think Aaron Rodgers kind of like called him called him out after the hit, right? Yeah. And he was getting all defensive and stuff yeah. like that. He thought he was selling. He celebrated after it, which is a whole another argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm Mike and Mike in the morning. I heard their take on it with the celebrations and stuff. And like from a spectator's position and uh, being on a team, like you hear a hit that loud, like you automatically like get aroused, I guess you could say yeah. like whether you, you know, whether it's like, Ooh, or like, ah, or like, yeah. yes. It's but like, the other thing, how, how, for how long in Trevathan's career has he been celebrated? Not him specifically. I don't want to put that. But how how long in the in the life of him playing football would he be celebrated for that type of hit? Yeah, I agree. Up until three years ago, I was celebrated like, for the hits that I made growing which, up. Yeah. If that if that play happens in, in high school, a little bit slower, you're not as strong. But a similar play like that, it probably gets celebrated. Oh right? yeah, for sure. How many times are they going to show it in the film room the next week? Yeah, a million times. Yeah, you're right. Right, so I, that's a lot of it too. I think I really do. I think I think a lot of this is younger level um, reinforcement. Yes, non discouragement of plays such as this. Yeah, I think I see what you're saying. But there, were there any other comments about there on, on the Instagram page that stuck out at you? Well, I'm just saying, like, the intent thing to me, like, I don't think anyone actually no, is, like, trying to hurt people no. out Especially there. Especially with the, these days of social media. These guys are all friends. Yeah. All friends. There was a point, like, 10 years ago when it, like, first started crossing that gap of, like, guys liking each other on different teams. And at first, it's like, oh, that's kind of weird because you're just not used to it, you know? Right. You're you not, guys are supposed to hate each other. Yeah, you're not used to it. You're on different teams. I hate them. Why don't you hate them, too? Right. But you know they're all doing the same thing. They all have the same profession. They're all making lots of money, and they're they're all very similar people. So they're going to be friends with each other, you know. So now none of these guys are trying to hurt people. They're not trying to hurt their their buddies. They're trying to and they're keep all their job. and they're all buddies. Yeah. There's very little um, genuine hate anymore among professional athletes in general in 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 any sport. So they're none of them are going out there and trying to hurt each other. So yeah, there's no intent. I don't, I don't, I don't think. But again, I don't think intent has anything to do with. I don't think it plays in the equation at all. Right. Like, in in, in terms of stopping this type of play, it doesn't matter. It, it, the intent has no bearing to me. And it's funny because that's what a lot of people's arguments are. Like, well, they didn't mean to. I'm like, I'm sure they didn't, but they yeah, did. That's not. Yeah. And that and that has nothing to do with the actual play. Yeah. To me. 
I guess as we wrap this episode up, what I think I would like to happen after seeing a hit like that on Devontae Adams and I think to change that narrative that we were talking about is someone like Aaron Rodgers or uh, a defensive it needs a to be defensive a defensive guy. guy. Yeah, like yeah, obviously Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be helpful, but like James, I'm thinking James Harrison because like he's like a yeah. tough guy he used to yeah. make those big hits. Co- uh, Luke Cookley Coo- Coo- comes Coo- to Keekly, mind. Yeah, first to me, yeah. just because of what happened to him last year. Exactly. Like if someone could stand up and be like, yeah, like these hits aren't cool. Like we're all trying to play. We we have a profession that we're trying to play. Like we all we all have the same goal at the end of the day, which is like to pl- be, live to fight another day yeah. and to earn another paycheck. Because this game isn't going to be, you know, yeah. our end all be all and win. Yeah, and, and win. Like at the end of the day, like we all have the same goals. Um, so if you could avoid putting yourself and others in dangerous situations uh, where you're out of control, just throwing yourself, you're throwing your body around, you know, I think yeah. that that's how that culture changes. But yeah. someone needs to express that yeah. toughness. To me, that's what toughness is. Yes. Making those big hits and injuring people, that's not toughness. If anything, that's just stupidity in my mind. And I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. But in order for it to change, a guy like Luke Keekley or another prominent, you know, defender. Yeah. Uh, I think like the big hitter type guy, like Earl Thomas. Like defensive guys who are known for physical play. Yeah. You know? I'm telling you, these guys who are making the big hits, like they're going to feel the brunt of it. Maybe yeah. not tomorrow, but well, like, but that's 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 down the road. That's the thing, and this is the last last thing I'll say about it. It's to me, it's not an unrealistic thing to have this narrative changed, but it's going to. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year. It's going to take a long time, and it's going to take a combined effort for, like you said, if NFL guys come out and say it first, I think. It, it'll go a long way for the youth levels and the high school levels to piggyback off of it and then start to kind of change the way what they celebrate, you know, what they encourage, how they how they kind of teach and how they play. Yeah. And because that's because that, that that's where it ultimately needs to change, I think, um, for it to get to the NFL level. But that's a gen that's like a generational thing. Right. It could be ten years, yeah. twelve years from there. All right, Josh, we had a lot to talk about this week. Um, I hope that next week isn't as eventful for the sake of the players who are playing the game. Um, But, you know, if something happens, we'll be here next Monday to discuss it and try to make a difference in uh, this narrative that we are speaking of. Have a great week, everybody. Peace, y'all.